0: I'm Glenn Michael Eadies, I'm the founder and CEO of the Titans Academy, I'm a business owner and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm someone with a goal.
1: Welcome to this episode of Someone With A Goal, it's your host Quentin here and today you get to hear the incredible story of someone with passion, someone with purpose and the CEO and founder of the Titans Academy, Glenn Michael Edes. And for those of you who don't know Glenn yet, I want to assure you that this is the most roller coaster story we've had to date, because not only did Glenn go from rags to riches, but he went toppling back down again and found himself losing almost everything which he was able to turn around through a positive mindset and surrounding himself with the right people. Now, to date, Glenn's achieved accomplishments in business, marketing sales, becoming a leader in all these spaces, as well as an international author, public speaker, and real estate investor. And in this interview, we hear how Glenn grew up in a rough situation with not a lot of money and talks about the height of his career, how he got it, lost it, and then went on a quest, a mission to get it all back again. And he did. So I want to encourage you guys to pay attention because what's especially interesting about Glenn's story is his mindset and attitude to work hard, never give up, always be honest and over deliver. So with no further ado, sit back, relax and enjoy the powerful interview about mindset, about surrounding yourself with the right people and how to go from rags to riches. The incredible story of Glenn Michael Edies. Enjoy. Thanks for being on the show. In order to go into your story from where you started from, could you paint us a picture of where the entrepreneurship journey started and, um, your, and where you've ended up today?
0: For me, when I was uh, very young, in fact, I can remember back at five years old, quite vividly when I was five years old, I knew I was different. It's almost like um, the way to explain it is a little bit more self-aware. You know, I had a lot, there was something pushing me forward. I, I always had a drive and an ambition to do things. Uh, and uh, very independent from an early age. I can remember turning up at kindergarten and saying to my mum, Look, uh, I've got this, you don't need to come in. You're five years old. Uh, yeah. Well, I was probably oh, younger, younger, than younger than that. that. Uh, but I thought in my mind, I had to grow up pretty quick. Now, um, my mum, uh, after she had me, she was suffering with postnatal depression. And back in those days, they didn't really understand uh, how to deal with a lot of that sort of stuff. And so here's a whole bunch of tablets go home and uh, best of luck. And um, my dad being a hardworking man's out working overtime and doing the best he can to support a family, we grew up with not a lot of money. And so um, times were quite tough. My mum was uh, struggled a lot. This, uh, this um, undiagnosed postnatal depression turned into quite bad depression. And so she suffered Uh, along uh, most of my childhood, in fact, uh, all the way through her life. Um, My dad had quite a bad motorcycle accident. he come off his bike and actually hurt his back. And uh, so he was uh, out of the game for quite some time. What that did is it, um, it forced me to grow up quite a lot quicker. There was things I had to do for myself. I think that's where potentially some of my independence come from. You know, it was an overwhelming feeling that I needed to help out, you know, support and provide more for, Dad and uh, and uh, you know my mum was going through a pretty struggling time, and I can remember at uh, eight years old, a lot of my uh, mates all got a skateboard, and back then skateboarding was a new craze. And uh, I went and said to my mum, "Hey, mum, can I have a skateboard?" all uh, well, my mates have got one, and uh, I kind of felt like the, uh, I was, out. I was left out. out. And She said to me, "Look, don't be silly. Where do you think we're going to get the money for that?" Um, You know, I grew up quite, I'd say, medium to lower um, class, you know, when it comes to the money. I didn't didn't know that we didn't have money. I just knew that there were certain things that I couldn't have and I wanted. And she gave me the best gifts of all. Um, You know, I I happen to believe that things happen for you, uh, not to you. And what that did is she never said that I can't have a skateboard. She said that, where do you think I'm going to be able to come up with the money for that? That sparked an entrepreneurial like ignition in me to go after things. Um, I can remember being at the local lunch bar uh, and we're going way back here, but... Um, how, you, how old are you around this time? Oh, then? you know, I was eight to 10 years old and, uh, and with no skateboard and thinking, how am I going to get a skateboard? How am I going to get the money for that? And, and I noticed that um, uh, someone came up and brought some cool drink bottles and dropped them off on the, the deli counter and the deli owner handed them some money. And, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, what's going on here? I had no concept of this scenario, but when I asked the guy that was uh, running the deli, look, what's, what, you gave that guy money for bottles? He said, yeah, all you gotta do is bring bottles in and I'll pay you money. And I went, right, I know where there's bottles. So I went and scooped up all the bottles I could find at home, strapped a milk crate to the front of my bike, loaded it up with bottles, and there I was um, driving back and forwards to the actual deli, and you got five cents a bottle. Quickly worked out in my head, skateboard was five bucks back in those days, not a lot of money, but uh, I worked out how many bottles I needed. I exhausted all the supplies in uh, in my house and my neighbours, and then I started knocking on doors and asking, do you have any cool drink bottles? You know uh, didn't even think back then about no dangers of course 18 years old as i mentioned my mum was doing it tough my dad was at work trying to um you know put enough money on the table to survive so i'm, I'm out and about hustling uh, and focused
1: uh, on the skateboard was oh this, the skate yeah, it was yeah, all it about the
0: skateboard yeah. you know why I, and and for a lot of people out there you know the the gift of not having sometimes um can be the biggest gift of all kids can be quite nasty and mean at times, and you didn't have a skateboard, mate, you're on the outer. And so thinking back, you know, that that drove me. Any, anyway, I started up quite a reasonable business, I got the skateboard. but What that taught me was uh, some valuable lessons. The, the thing that my mum actually taught me was, if you want something, get off your backside and go and get it, you know? And she didn't say I couldn't have it, she just said, I, I can't afford it. Um, to override that scarcity. There was a lot of scarcity, a lot of pessimism in my family. That's all we knew. And um, the second part to that is um, I, uh, I had godparents that I'd only met a couple of times. Um, and uh, w- w- I've literally only seen them a handful of times in my life. But I can remember um, as, a, as a 10-year-old um, going to their house. Now, I don't know why my parents chose them as godparents. But I've got a fair idea, they're very, very wealthy. Uh, When we went to their house, and I would have been 10 years old, uh, it blew my mind, because they lived on the river in this multi-storey home, of which I'd never even been in a house that had two storeys, and a a full-size swimming pool out the back with a diving board. You know, in in 1980, who who has a diving board uh, in the backyard and a sports car in the driveway? Now, once i have seen that, I couldn't unsee that. Wow. That, that uh, and, and you know, it's taken a little bit of reflection to actually come back and think of these things, but I now knew what I didn't know, and I couldn't unsee it, and I wanted it. And I'd ask my parents, look, why, why is it that these guys have got this big house on the river, Mercedes Benz in the driveway and the swimming pool, Well, in my mind, I was trying, I couldn't, you know. Just try to
1: justify what the the gap was. Well, well, yeah, yeah,
0: I was experiencing uh, overwhelm as to how. And I'd ask my parents and my dad'd say, well, you know, some people are just lucky, son. And so, um, you know, I'm thinking, I don't know. You know, young, really young kid. One thing I did connect, though, is, uh, and this is something that was profound, is that uh, the difference between them and us is they actually owned a business. Oh, okay. Okay, so they had thriving businesses in the area. And I can remember even as a 10-year-old making that connection in my mind. I kept asking my parents and to the point where I think I annoyed them because it was like, don't ask again. You know, Some people are just lucky. That's how these people live. We live over here. Just let it be.
1: We are. Uh, we well, well I know. wasn't buying
0: yeah. that. I, I couldn't accept that. And as I mentioned, from a young age, and we've talked about this off camera, uh, and for a lot of people out there, especially if you are entrepreneurial, you have this inner knowing, okay? You're born with something, you know it's different, and there's a drive. I don't know what creates it, but it was in me. And uh, as I mentioned, once I seen that, I couldn't stop. So for me, that that memory stayed with me, uh, and I, I started comparing what I had with what that was. And I spent years trying to work out how do you get that? You know, apart from owning a business, well, how do you, you know, I'd say to my parents, well, how do you get a business? And they'd say, well, you know, that, that's just what they've got. So for years, I thought, well, you must be anointed as a business owner or, or someone that's rich. If you're not born that way, there's no way that you can be rich. Um, I've since found out that's, that's not true, of course, but for the youngest, uh, for the longest time as a young child, that's what I thought. And uh, That memory stayed with me. So I kept pushing on. I mentioned I was quite entrepreneurial, you know, uh, collecting the cool drink bottles. And look, I got jobs early in the piece. I I realised that the only way to do it, as I said, my parents gave me a great gift was to work. I've always been a worker. You know, Um, I was working in places when I was um, 10 and 11 years old, when you were supposed to be, I think the law was say 13 or something like that. And uh, because I realised if I wanted to get money, I had to work. so interesting um, transition. I, I uh, would say I was very street smart. Having grown up in a, in a lower socio area, you had to be on the lookout. You had to be quite innovative. Um, if you went into the wrong place, well, there's a good chance that you know, a beating would get handed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that really made me quite tough and strong. You know, that, that whole upbringing, that whole adversity Um, And look, there's people watching this that have been through far, far worse than me. Um, It was a tough environment and it it gave me internal fortitude and strength. You know, school wasn't um, a strong suit for me. Um, I could get good grades if I wanted to, but frankly, it it bored the daylights out of me. I was sitting there thinking, when are we gonna learn how to do what my godparents did in creating a business and creating wealth? I couldn't, I couldn't understand how learning what I was meant to be learning and I'm not suggesting the school system's all bad. I'm sure there's people that have gone on and done really well and we need people to go out and, and become academics and, and do different parts. For me it was a whole different ball game and so um, basically I, I was told look the best that you can hope for is to become a mechanic. Um, you know your grades aren't there, you're never going to go into university and uh, and pretty well that's going to be your life and uh, for, for me it was... Um, you know, it was like a, a, you know, ice pick to the heart, basically, because I'm thinking, how on earth is this going to get me to, to where, where I want to go? And of course, um, uh, I became a mechanic, you know. And so for people watching this out there, you know, if anyone's ever told you that you can't do something or that your life only amounts to this uh, and you have that driving ambition, I would say do not listen to them. Uh, For me at that time, that's all I knew. So thinking, well, hang on a minute, if the school um, curriculum organisers are saying that's the best you can be, well, I'll become a mechanic. Uh, So I became a mechanic, of course, left school and uh, I left, uh, didn't finish my year 12, uh, probably stayed on too long. Um,
1: What pushed you towards that? That pathway mechanic as in it was, a, it, was, it was your hands or you
0: well well the teacher told me that's the best you can do oh, you Now, i didn't love cars no. don't get me wrong so i've always always had that um always had a real uh, um i can remember sitting at home and uh the tv was on at like five o'clock on sunday morning i'm thinking what's that and i i went out and and my dad was watching tv and i said what are you watching daddy he goes it's bathurst and i said what what's bathurst Dad? he goes oh well, this is this race that's on and that was me. I was hooked after that. You know, I, I can't remember how old I was, but I was very, very young, and uh, I was hooked on cars. Uh, so when they said you, you know, mechanics are best you can hope for, I thought, well, I like cars. Um, that's the best I can do. Well, I'm just going to go and do it. So my mum um, uh, was a taskmaster. Uh, if you if you hung around the house and weren't working, uh, you're were in trouble pretty quickly for something. So you, you learn. You know, her her, uh, tough love uh, forced me to get off my backside. So that instilled, and my parents, very honest, a lot of integrity, a lot of values, um, very pessimistic about money, and it was a lot of scarcity about money. They didn't know any better. Um, But what they taught me was very powerful values that stay true to me in this day and have kept me safe and have kept me um, successful. Um, so, of course, I'm knocking on doors.
1: You're the eldest, yeah.
0: I'm the eldest, yeah, I've two. I've got a younger brother. He's a, he's a year younger. Uh, and uh, I, I just went and rode my bike until I found somewhere I liked that I knock on the door and just walked in. Um, you know, that, this independence that I'm talking about um, allowed me to n- not overthink things. I, it was exciting for me. And I wasn't, uh, I didn't know any different, but I wanted to go and speak to the owner. So I found this place that I like to look at, knocked on the door, and uh, he said to me, don't go anywhere, stay right there. He was finishing off a conversation, had the conversation, and uh, I told him what I wanted. I'm here for an apprenticeship. I told him exactly what I wanted, uh, because my dad said, well, look, you're not leaving school unless you get the apprenticeship. You're not gonna just work in a workshop. You have to get an apprenticeship. And he said, "Well, look, you know, um, I don't have an apprenticeship, but I could put you on." I said, "Well, no, you don't understand. I'm actually here for an apprenticeship, uh, or or nothing." And uh, he he said, "Wait right there for a bit longer." So he, he finished off his conversations. We sat down, had a talk. Uh, he agreed to put me on as an apprentice. Um, and so um, I didn't know any different. You know, maybe I was being a bit cheeky. Maybe it, maybe it was being a bit forward. But uh, in my mind, that that was how it was going to be. I was. I, I,
1: you weren't going to be an back apprentice off, yeah
0: so um you know be careful what you wish for because I, I got that and uh of course um quite enjoyed it you know there was parts of it that uh, i certainly didn't I, I didn't realize i mean liking cars and working underneath them on a hot day uh, in a tin shed uh when it's 40 odd degrees um with your hands dirty all the time in grease and, and uh, back then safety wasn't a big thing. And you know, I'd stand at the parts washer for hours on end, washing in degreaser and stuff that you'd be in big trouble comfortable for now. with now, uh, yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah, but look, that it's, built up a lot of strength and fortitude, you know, and here's the interesting thing. Um, I got to my fourth year and, uh, like I was an okay mechanic. I wouldn't say I was a, a gun. What I was excelling in is that people would come in and I'd love the interaction with the clients. You know, I found I had a real flair for communication, understanding. You know, part of my upbringing, I had to be very observant about things. You know, my mum, uh, suffering from depression, wasn't always in the happiest of mood. So uh, I'd come home and think, well, who... Who am I gonna get today? And again, you know, great gifts that she gave me is to become very observant of people. Have an understanding and empathy. She taught me a lot of empathy about how things work. And so uh, that I was able to map over. And so clients would come in and I'd get talking to them and I'd upsell them, you know, and and I enjoyed the thrill of, and and actually I'd make more for the business in upselling and add-ons and and different extras than I would twisting the spanners. Um, interesting thing happened, fourth year, one rainy night, the boss comes up to me with a letter or an envelope, hands me this envelope and walks away. Uh, and it was one of those, I think it was June, you know, one of those real miserable, and it was Friday, it was, it was five o'clock, and uh, he walks away, I'm thinking, what's this all about? I open up the letter, uh, I regret to inform you, Glenn, that um, I'm gonna be closing the business down and we're moving down south, to Albany and um, I can no longer employ you anymore. And uh, I'm thinking, what is going on here? You know, all of a sudden now I'm without a job and uh, you know, my heart sank and uh, immediately I'm thinking, well, what am I gonna do? Um, but here's the interesting part to that is uh, uh, what I didn't realize back then, all the gifts that I mentioned that I've been given by my parents about getting off your backside, going after what you wanted, my brain immediately switched to, Okay, what's next? Um, How can I
1: pivot pivot from here? Yeah,
0: not knowing anything else other than becoming a mechanic because, of course, that's what the teacher told me all I could be. I'm thinking, well, I need to get another job as a mechanic. Um, But I I also thought, you know what? I really loved um, interacting with clients. How could I get into sales? How could I get out of this grease? and, And not to say working on cars is a bad thing. I mean, I know people that have been doing it their whole life and love it. And if that's what you want, you go for it. For me though, I knew it wasn't for me, okay? Um, Loved the cars, but didn't love working on them so much. Uh, And uh, I started getting a very strong vision in my mind about working in a clean environment inside an office. I'm thinking, how do these people get these jobs inside an office? I need to do that, you know? and, And funny how the universe works, you put enough positive intention out there, I didn't even know what I was doing at that time, and I've put some real, I've been able to quantify this in later in life, but very strong vision about me working inside of a clean store in sales, right? And I would just be, I was obsessed with this for about a week. I was out of work for a week. I got a phone call a week later by uh, a colleague who I was uh, working with on the tools who'd come and work with us for a little bit. And he said, hey, uh, Glenn, what are you doing? I said, well, um, right at the moment, nothing. I've just been let go. He goes, how would you like to come and work in sales? Uh, in the four-wheel drive industry. Um, One of the things about my upbringing uh, I didn't say is, because we didn't have a lot of money, we never travelled too far. Our holidays consist of, one thing we did have though, that was um, different to most is we had a four-wheel drive. And back then, uh, it wasn't the flash cars that you see now, it was an old Land Rover, and our holidays were spent at the beach camping. Okay, so uh, cost-effective, and the interesting part about that is both my mum and dad were the happiest at that time you know they were so happy and so for me um, my childhood memories were the best when we were away camping my mum would relax my dad was happy they were both happy we had freedom to go and explore and do what we wanted i felt like we were you know explorers so um love that and when that opportunity came up it was like that's that's just crazy, that's for me. I'm there. So of course I turned up. Um, Here's the interesting thing. Um, Turns out I have got a flair for sales uh, and interacting and actually building a lot of rapport with people and and helping people out. You know, I mentioned uh, part of the values that my mum instilled is um, help, seek to help out others. Don't worry so much about yourself. What can you do for someone else? Um, Turns out that's a really good recipe when it comes to um, sales. You know, give value, give massive value and so that's all I knew. So I hit the ground running there and um, within a year, I'm running one of the branches. So by, uh, you know, we've kind of moved along a bit and I'm I'm giving you a a reasonable detail, but there's a lot of stuff uh, in between. By the age of 21, I was running my first branch Um, and uh, some of the people that were working under me were 40 and 50. So uh, this, took, this took a bit of um, interesting adjusting, yeah, uh, adjusting yeah. but here's the thing. I always knew that I was destined for that. Something uh, in me was driving me. So I just found a way to do it. I didn't always know how to do things, but when you've got this desire, this, this will, this ambition, um, and I didn't even know what, I didn't know about setting goals back then. I, I didn't understand about the, the specificity of that. Um, but what I didn't know is that I remembered what my godparents had and what I didn't. And somewhere deep in the back of my mind, that was kicking away at me. It was poking me in the ribs and driving me forward. That image in the back of my mind was, was tattooed into my brain. Um, and that combined with wanting to provide great value, as I mentioned, I, I, I quickly rose to heights in that business. Um, a couple of years later, I was, I was and, and and built it up to a, a multi-million dollar business, basically. Um, a couple of years later, I was poached out of that business by someone um, who's seen what I'd done. Because when you're, um, and you know what this is like, and for a lot of people out there watching this, you've all seen people that are top performers, that they stand out uh, amongst the rest. You, you can go into the supermarket and you can look across at it, it, the people that are putting um uh the the items into the bag and you'll see some one of them whether it's a girl or a guy is filling up three bags to someone else's one they've just got this dog with a bone attitude they're full on and they're just relentless that's how they're built that's what's in their dna and that was what was in my dna you get a reputation uh for that and so anyway i went and started a business up from scratch uh for this gentleman and uh um within a couple of years built it on multi-million dollar business from nothing. Um, so the good thing about all of that, there's good and bads to that, um, in my mind I wanted to be a business owner myself. I'm trying to work out how do, I, how do I own my own business? How do I do this myself? Again, I started with nothing, absolutely nothing. Everything I've got I've worked hard for and uh, you know, on the job being able to do this with other people's money if that makes sense, uh, um, what a gift because it gave me some essential skills that I needed. Uh, at the same time, it was also very frustrating because I could see things about how the company was being run and I didn't like it. I, I had higher standards. There were certain things that morally weren't adding up. There was nothing uh, totally immoral or legal going on, but I wanted the next level. I'm always looking for the next level. So um, I made a good employee in one sense where everyone I worked for I made literally a lot of money Uh, But in a lot of ways, um, a bad employee because I'm a front runner, I'm always bucking the status quo. I was always pushing back. I was uh, quite argumentative about what I believed in, what I thought was right. And and most of it was um, all about providing value for clients. If I didn't believe the value was there, I'd push back against the owner. Um, because I'm, I, you, I just you said wanted this, more,
1: you knew there was more. There, there was always
0: more, more, you know, this, this driving ambition. I can't, you know, there's, there's always more to want to hit the next level, to do better. Um, and uh, long story short, yeah, built a multi-million dollar business and, uh, and, and then left there um, uh, at its peak. And uh, On your own accord? Just, uh, yeah. on, on my own accord. I got ah. to the point where uh, I wasn't growing anymore with the existing owner. I wasn't getting to where I needed to go. Um, and and uh, so here, here I am again at the crossroads, I'm starting to think, you know what, I've done this twice, when am I going to do it for myself? Um, and uh, got a phone call, you know, funny how things happen, um, but I think when your intentions are so positive and so driven, and as I mentioned, tattooed in the back of my mind, I knew where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do, and uh, there's there's a lot to be said for putting that out into the universe. I can't quite explain how it works. but. When I've had that driving ambition, that that thirst, that strong one, want, I wanted to own my own business. I wanted to be successful, I wanted to be wealthy, I wanted to run the business my way. I got a phone call from uh, one of my suppliers actually and said, well look, how would you like to come and, um, um, I'll actually, and buy into my business, how would you like to come and buy into my business at a heavily discounted rate? And uh, I went in there and had a meeting with him. Um, and I, uh, he said, look, what, what we'll do is I'll, I'll put you on and then give you an opportunity to buy in. After a couple of months, I thought, you know what? Um, I'm not sure whether this is exactly the place that I want to work. Uh, I'm not too sure um, if we've got a values. Uh, alignment and so I don't know if I want to put my foot on the gas here in this, in this direction but turns out he comes up to me and I think he got uh, a, a bit of a glimpse that I might be leaving he said look I'll tell you what I'll do you come here and you run this business for five years um, it's, it's worth um, I think back then it was worth twenty or thirty thousand dollars it was valued uh, I want to build it up to a million dollars and then I'm going to sell it and then I'll give you thirty percent. And I thought, oh, here's an opportunity for me to actually um, um, buy my own business. That's out now and Yeah. And, and the thing is, the five years didn't even worry me because I was so set on my goals. I was so set on my mission. Um, long story short, uh, I went ahead and applied the same skills, same tactics, same strategy, same mindset, same discipline to this business. And uh, sure enough, five years later, it's worth a million dollars. Yeah. Um, and uh, here's an interesting thing. Um, I ended up buying the business. So um, so uh, the, the owner sold out to me. I bought the business, of which I helped create. So the good thing about that is the work and effort that I put in, I helped create. I went about then building that business and taking it to the next level. I, I stamped my authority on it and my This is your uh, baby? DNA. Yeah, and uh, built it up to 50 staff, and uh, at our peak we're over 10 mil per annum. You know, it's uh, quite a... You know, you class it as a medium-sized business, um, and uh, boy oh boy did I learn some things along the way. You know, in dealing with people, in dealing with um, scaling, in dealing with all the interesting things that come along with that, and we were talking about some of this off air, um, in order to be able to give advice, you, you've got to kind of been there and, and walked in the moccasins, you know, and uh, interesting format. Look, I can tell you, I made a lot of mistakes along the way. We've we've talked about some of those. Um, and uh, in, in building a business of that size, you know, it, it's, um, I, I had a few problems in the culture. Here's me thinking, well, you know, I, I've got the strongest morals, the strongest values, but yet I had some problems in my own business, um, you know, This is the interesting thing that can happen is that um, it become less about winning and more about um, surviving and saving. Here's an interesting thing that I've been running so hard, I finally got to what I thought was success. Now, in a business that size, I I had enough cars to drive something different every day of the week, Um, multi-million dollar homes, trips all around the world. Here's the interesting thing about all of that is that um, because I had my foot on the gas and I was running so hard, I I didn't know what winning felt like. Because for me, there's always an X level, there's always something extra. And when I got to the point where I kind of paid everything off, um, I kind of dropped into a a state of depression uh, and it felt like I was in, in a pit. Um, and uh, this scarcity mentality because it was about, now, how do I conserve all of this now um, and uh, um, maintain, and what, maintain what I've got? But the interesting thing is it didn't feel like what I thought it was going to feel like. Um, my model of success in my mind was I finally got the house. I got not one sports car but I got seven different cars, motorbikes, boats, you name it, and um, it, it didn't do it for me. You know, it's quite, quite interesting. Was it great to have all that stuff? Absolutely. Uh, but here's the interesting thing about that, is that um, I didn't understand about planning for the next stage. What's next? Okay, and so when I got there, um, I'd become complacent. You know, it was an interesting thing. So inside the business, our, our culture wasn't the best that it could be. You know, we, we had some interesting um, divisions going on within the business. Um, and when you get complacent, I, I actually um, – because, you know, here's the interesting thing when you get into business, no one teaches you how to be a business owner. Uh, back then there was no school. It was just you work really hard, you put your foot on the gas, you provide massive value, and um, with a bit of luck and hard work and effort, you, you can rise to the to the heights that you need to. Um, but uh, I, I didn't understand about certain parts about building – Building business, and although I built a very big business, there was there was parts inside there that uh, that weren't working as well as what it should. Um, so uh, I had some um, interesting times happen with the mining uh, boom here in WA. Um, we uh, um, my business was very diversified, so we had a lot of uh, government departments, we had retail clients, we had civil works, we had contracts. When the mining boom came along and actually uh, carried my business along with such ferocity and such force that um, I started to make uh, some critical errors in the sense of, s- instead of having diversification, we, we kind of narrowed that down. Um, and, uh, and the mining clients were screaming louder, to pay more money, and you know, we can line up 30 or 40 cars all having the same thing even up to 200 cars having the same thing. Um, And for a lot of people, what they know here in WA is when that tap turned off, uh, boy oh boy, it turned off with such ferocity. And so uh, a lot of people didn't uh, withstand it. And still today, they're experiencing some of the effects although things are turning around. Uh, Overnight, my business probably dropped off about 70% of the revenue. So I mean, here's a wages bill of 160,000. You know, our our lease was near on 450,000 a year. We had such a massive premises because uh, we needed it to house all the vehicles. Um, You really get to learn about uh, what you're made of. And I mentioned making it to success and becoming complacent and life uh, has a habit of um, uh, giving you a wake-up call. Well, I certainly got the uh, wake-up call and this complacency, this not really understanding about celebrating wins, uh, we'll come home to roost. And uh, you know, with a tap turning off, with a crew that were not, um, let's just say not all cohesive and not gelling, um, I was facing some interesting times, um, some really interesting times. And uh, it took absolutely everything I had to actually turn this company around And I had to switch um, from a scarcity mentality into uh, how do I help other people? You know, it was about, the interesting thing was about playing a long and short game at the same time. So um, uh, for me in the company, I had to um, make make some very, I suppose, prominent uh, decisions. And that was how to get really clear about what does this company stand for? What are we about? I had to reset and get clarity and this is where I learned a lot about goal setting and a lot about clarity and a lot about getting very, very clear. I went and started to study, Okay, so I seeked out mentors and I mentioned about not getting an education. One of the most important things that I can um, purvey for people is to go out and find someone that's already been through what you've been through, that's already done what you've done. So um, counterintuitively, my last dollars that I had, I spent on mentors. Uh, why? Because I'm always looking for leverage, I'm always looking for a shortcut and to find a way to actually um, move forward at a rapid rate or not. So I went and seeked out some of the best in the world um, and, uh, and paid the price uh, to uh, find out what they knew that I didn't know. And uh, i tell you what, it really reset uh, the way that I thought about it. They gave me a swift kick up the backside, I can tell you that. Um, and it was more about studying what some of the masters have done. So I went about rebuilding this business from the ground up, basically, in a long story short, and um, set a very strong mission for the business, a strong vision, strong cultures and values. Okay? I went about sitting down with each one of the staff members and asking them, guys, what do you want? Um, you know, uh, how can I help you achieve what you want to achieve? and set about changing the culture to a win-win-win. It's got to be good for the client, it's got to be good for the business, okay? And it's got to be good for the team member. If not, it's a no deal. Um, long story short, um, we, we, we turn the business around, okay? And one thing I learned through all of that is the power is in the team, okay? The power is in helping other people get to the way they want. Now, I knew that about clients, But as a top performer, as an entrepreneur, we can tend to um, cause a trail of destruction behind us if we're not careful, okay? And so not everyone can run at the same speed, but by sitting down and really defining out what my uh, staff wanted, what my clients wanted, what I wanted for the business, uh, we changed the whole culture into the business. The team rallied behind me um, and it was a case of, Uh, took two years of solid work but we we, we fully rebuilt the business and got it back up on top again Um, so a lot of interesting lessons along the way
1: What I find really inspiring Glenn is your mindset from when you were younger to coming through, um, especially right up to the mining boom, I just want to elaborate more on your mindset because what was your mental dialogue like during that that rough period what were you going through in, in in, in your mindset because that would have been Testing?
0: Well, uh, you know, being up front, which is the only one I can be, I was uh, scared shitless. And, you you know, here's the thing, and well, and here's the reason why. I come from nothing. I built up, um, everyone looked on the outside, they'd look at me as the ultimate businessman, okay? But there was a storm brewing on the inside. The thought of losing everything and going back to where I came from frightened the daylights out of me. Absolutely frightened the daylights out of me. And, uh, you know, what the perception out there was that this guy was a legend. He had all these cars. He's got this house. You know, some of my mates called me the Ten Million Dollar Man. You know, and there was a bit of a joke going around um, because I had all these things and, and enough to do whatever I wanted. And the thought of losing that identity and going back to where I was, um, my, my, uh, uh, I was, I was absolutely uh, in a state of overwhelm. Um, and uh, I can remember saying to my wife. Um, uh, and, and, and taking a few steps back in building this business, you know, we've talked about this off-camera, balance with the family, yeah, yeah. you know, balance with the family. Did I get that right? No, not 100%. Was I there for them? Yes. Um, did they get everything that they uh, that I never got? Yes, they did. Uh, but here's the interesting thing. Um, when it got to the point where, look, we very well could have lost everything. I sat down with my wife and kids and I, and I said, um, um, here's the reality of the situation this is what could happen and um, my wife and kids said that it wasn't about the money dad we just wanted you and uh, I I can assure you there was a a lot of tears um, during that time and uh, and they also said to me if you don't go and do this you'll never forgive yourself so we back you dad we back you you know and um, I tell you what that that Goose that bands, that was like um you know, there's a lot of tears. And and for them, you know, one of the most powerful things as, as an entrepreneur, uh, men and women, is to have a, a, a partner and a family in behind the scenes. That's where all the power is. The power's always been a family. I wouldn't have been able to build a business of that size without my wife and kids supporting me. They are they're the number ones. And and here's the thing, the interesting part about that is I said that I was building a lot of this for them to give them the life that I never had. Um, it was more about me, you know. If I'm honest and truthful, it was about moving out of the scarcity mindset into um, one of um, abundance. Uh, I really wanted to do that, and I did want to give them the life. Uh, it was tough growing up with no money; it hurt. Um, but you know, when they said it wasn't about the money, um, that was like a, a an adrenaline rush like you wouldn't believe. Then it become about having a cause. I now owed it to them to actually make good on um, the time that i missed with them, the the, the school events that I weren't at, because I wasn't at all of them. Um, the coming home and probably being not the, 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 the role model husband, like, like everyone thought I might have been in the sense of uh, um, quite short, withdrawn, not wanting to have a conversation, not wanting to interact. Um, you know, it's business
1: not being present, not
0: being present, not, being present, present, not yeah. being present enough. Yeah, A business over taking over everything, being the whole thing. Um, when they said that to me, I cha- everything changed immediately. Um, I put my foot on the gas, but I was much more measured about where I focused my power. Okay, and creating balance. I started to really think about others rather than just myself. You know, what was driving me was scarcity. What was driving me was not wanting to lose. What was driving me was wanting to have all the nice things. Um, when I finally got there and realised it wasn't about that, life's more than that. When, when I got hit across the side of the head uh, by the universe with a lump of four by two, and uh, and knocked clean back down, you know, starting from nothing, coming up to whatever I want. I can remember having my pocket being so full of cash, I, I, it felt uncomfortable. I didn't know what to do with it. To then not having enough, to then having to sell off. In fact, I sold off most of my stuff. One of the things I'm most proud of is that I never missed a payroll. Never, never, never missed a payment. Everyone was looked after. Uh, Everyone was treated with respect throughout that time. And that comes from my family um, and and wanting to do the absolute best by them. And so that two year rebuilding of that business, uh, I owe it to, to them. Now I rebuilt that business in a way that it was turnkey machine. It was based on win-win-win, it was based on the the real me, the real cultures and the real values and the real integrity that that I'm about by creating um, intrapreneurs inside the business. So my salespeople, um, they shared in the profits. Every part of the team get to share in the profits in the business. Um, it, It become about them more than me. It's building them up. It's a life on its own because here's the interesting thing for a lot of entrepreneurs out there is they they are like the lone wolf, they want to do it all on their own. Um, And I was very much a lone wolf, put your foot on the gas and look, if you can't ride with me, if you can't operate at my pace, I'm going to leave you behind. And uh, now it's not about that, it's about how can I bring people along on the journey? How can I lift people up? How can I empower people? And you know, by getting people what they want you inadvertently get what you want. But it's in a whole different way now. Instead of forcing things, instead of grabbing it by the scruff of the neck, because that's how I do it, I would try and control every situation in there. Again, based on uh, scarcity and fear. And for many years, I was quite successful at it. Uh, as I mentioned, the results of that weren't always favourable when it come to some of the fallout with family or having to let go of staff because um, they weren't up to the challenge. You know, if you can't, if you can't meet that, well, see you later. Uh, where's it become more about no empowering people. about choosing the right people because there was people that chose not to come on this journey, on this rebuild journey. But um, empowering people to do a fantastic job um, and building in the team. It got to a point in my business where after I rebuilt it after two years, a lot of my competitors, as I say, they, they fell away and some of them didn't make it. Uh, I started to get people knock on the door and saying, Glenn, I don't know how you did that, but I need to know. So I had competitors, I had complete strangers, I had friends, um, knock on the door, want me to help them with their business. Uh, After going through what I did, and uh, um, I was more than happy to help. You know, um, to be able to create a system inside my business and map over what I call technology transfer from other successful companies into mine, to go and seek out mentors to to get the mindset and the Intel, and you're asking about mindset and Intel, I have to do some serious work on my mindset. 75% is in the mindset and the balance is in the mechanics. So many people have got the right strategy. It's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. Okay. And so I had to really uh, understand about my mind and how to actually focus all of my efforts on to getting what I want and uh, focusing on other people. So, um, you know, I built a world-class company. People were knocking on the door. I started helping people, showing them how I did that. Because it got to the point where my crew said, well, look, Glenn, you, you don't need to come in anymore. We've got this. Uh, that was what I was trying to design. I was trying to design a system that worked without me. Um, in the early days, I was the firefighter putting out all the fires. And at the end of it, um, I had a system that was uh, had a life of its own. The business had a life of its own. People inside the business had a life of its own. So I started helping people. Uh, And uh, I found I was helping people with their business more than I was actually running my own business. So I I sold the business and uh, now I concentrate my efforts full time in helping business owners um, through all of the interesting times that I've been through.
1: Just on your, uh, you see how you worked on your mindset and your self development, what were you doing?
0: Well, I mean, look, I went and seeked out some of the best, you know, I went and spent time with Tony Robbins. Uh, who's no doubt the grandfather. Anyone that's done any personal development knows Tony. Most of Tony's stuff is kind of perpetuated through the industry now, which is fantastic. And I'm sure he absolutely loves it because some of the principles that he teaches are just a mainstay. Uh, I I went and spent time with him uh, in Fiji um, in a very small group. And uh, um, we worked on a lot of mindset. There was a lot of uh, strategies and tactics, no doubt about it, about business. Uh, but the mindset was number one. Being able to step into that unknown and being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay, it was about building some very strong mindset muscles. What I call power promises. Making promises to yourself that you're not going to break. Um, anything to do with mindset, it starts with um, building a strong strategy in how you're going to play things out. You know, one of the things about being an entrepreneur is um, I call it the machine in the mind. Entrepreneurs have big machines, okay, which can create massive empires. You know, you look at some of the stuff entrepreneurs create. It can also go the other way. If you've got a big machine in your mind, you can create things that uh, are unsavoury in your life as well. It all comes down to the strategies that you play out. No one teaches us how to think, okay. Uh, We've got one of the most powerful computing machines in the known universe with no instruction manual. So for a lot of people, they're they're looking at and creating things that they don't want. You know, they teach race car drivers to, when they're going around the track, to actually look around the corner. You're travelling at such speed. If you're looking at the wall at the end of the straight, we're going to hit it. Be very careful about what you're looking at in your mind. We talk about setting goals, becoming very clear about our goals, our intentions and what we want to do. Well, if you're looking at what's going to go wrong, if you're bringing back fears from failures in the past, if you're conjuring up a million different experiences from the future and living into that, well, your body doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination, and whatever you sow will grow, whether it be weeds or crops. Here's the interesting thing, and when people go through tough times, and I call it, they're in the pit, and I was in the pit when my, uh, my business tanked, I can tell you that, and for a lot of business owners out there, they're in the pit right now, and they're doing it tough. Okay, um, One of the hardest things to do is to actually stop those habits because you know, in the body, we go into survival mode. Uh, we're programmed that way to try and keep us safe. Our brains are actually lying to us. So in asking what are the things I did, well, I went and seeked out some of the best in the world. I went and figured out Tony um, was, uh, learned some powerful strategies from one of his mentors, Dr. Richard Bandler. Uh, so I went and actually went and trained with him and he's the actual creator of neuro-linguistic programming. So I've become a master practitioner in that as well. The good thing about that, I use these skills for myself and my business. I use these skills to help my people and empower my people. I use these skills to influence and help my clients. Uh, and now I use these skills to actually help business owners. Uh, was it easy? No, it wasn't. You know, One of the hardest things to do is to change the way we think about it, but it all starts with one promise. And, and then we build on that. It's just like building a muscle. You know, we, we, we know we're gonna to go to the gym and work out and uh, we know we're gonna to have to go through some pain um, to build those muscles. Um, but day after day, build after build, it gets better and better. It's the same with the
1: mindset. So what are some of your power promises? Just, uh, I know you might have a, a couple, uh, a lot, but what is like your top power promises that you keep to yourself, that you keep yourself accountable that today I, I take action on what I
0: to do? I've only sort of just put an uh, I suppose a name in around these unconsciously I was doing these power promises okay. and when things weren't going right uh, I was breaking these power promises to myself so I didn't realize that that's exactly what I was doing uh, in in the business starting to fall away um, but they have a compounding effect so if you if you keep breaking promise to yourself well that has a compounding effect in the wrong way and what happens is unconsciously you're losing that integrity bit by bit you're eroding away your integrity To a point where a lot of people get to the part where they go, well, why bother? Why bother even trying anymore? And and it's this erosion. So, um, first up, you need to be conscious of the promises that you're breaking to yourself, and then secondly, to actually introduce some of the promises. So, you know, for instance, um, one of my promises is I get up at five o'clock in the morning every single day. Um, You know, people say they don't have enough time. Um, but there's 24 hours in a day. I was lucky enough to get a workout in with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was completely by accident. Um, But uh, one of the things he taught me uh, during this workout, because we had a very interesting conversation for 15 minutes, uh, was sleep faster, Glenn. You know, Sleep, sleep faster. Uh, And what he meant by that is you can still get uh, good quality sleep, um, but actually set yourself up for success. Um, There's things you can do. So you sleep soundly for six hours. So for me, getting up early um, is really important. Now, the first thing I do is um, feed my body. You know, it, the next promise is: if you can't look after yourself, uh, if you if you don't look after you, number one, how can you have the energy to be the best for your team? How can you build a business? How can you build anything in your life uh, if you're not looking after yourself? And the amount of business owners that I go to, they haven't eaten all day. Uh, no wonder why they're. They, they haven't drunk, you know, your body, odd percent of people are walking around dehydrated. You're not performing uh, at
1: that, your Well, it reduces
0: level. the cognitive function in your brain by probably 30%, even 2% dehydration. So these power promises, I wake up on time, I feed my, fuel my body. Um, I'm in the gym. So I'm in the gym by six o'clock every single day. Um, and uh, you know, some of the other promises is I don't miss meals. My wife's fantastic, as I mentioned. She's so good to have a supportive team. She helps me and uh, we, we put the meals together. But there's no guesswork. Um, you know, I, I don't ever get caught out. So there's some of the things. And then, um, you know, other parts are to be true to yourself and, and make promises yourself to, to, to not sell yourself out. You know, um, and, and to, the other part is I promise to make a plan. So every day I write my plan down. Because if you don't plan, well, then you become part of someone else's plan. And and so many business owners, the other part is time. They go, well, I don't have time. It's because they don't have a plan. They're not clear on their goals. They haven't written down, they haven't got laser focused and absolutely clear with certainty. They're not already grateful for achieving it. When I think back to the things that I wanted to achieve in my life, they were there. I was grateful for them now. Okay, and so for a lot of business owners, um, They don't plan so they become part of someone else's plan and they they get to the end of the day and go, but you don't understand, Glenn, I don't have time. I've got all this stuff going on. And uh, it comes down to breaking promises. So it starts with one promise. Um, I've worked with a lot of people in the weight loss industry and and been lucky enough for them to take action and lose 40 and 50 kilos. Um, But that starts with just one promise and then build on those promises.
1: Um, how does an entrepreneur in today's economy and today's today's entrepreneur um, help or how could uh, they build on their mindset and strengthen their mindset because a, a core focus of what I'm feeling from you is mindset gratitude uh, visualization um, and and putting out there to, to you know manifestation as well so
0: think about it like this um, um, when you yeah and you're married yep yeah. and so uh, uh, and for anyone watching this out there uh, they've potentially got a significant other. And when you met that person or first seen that person, they distracted you from absolutely anything that was going on in your oh, life. For sure. uh, and you become obsessed, okay? You become obsessed with them in a very healthy way. Um, I know I did with my wife to the point where every part of the day, um, I'd be interrupted with a thought of her and um, about, uh, I knew it was the girl that I wanted to marry the moment I seen her. And for a lot of people watching this, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, And they they were relentless in pursuing their partner, whether it be a guy or girl, uh, to the point until they um, became uh, husband and wife or or significant other, because they were relentlessly obsessed. They never stopped. Everything was distracting them. So uh, for entrepreneurs out there, or budding entrepreneurs that are looking to build, I think back to me um, in wanting to build, if it took five years, it took five years. For a lot of people out there, they're selling success mirages. This um, thought of, unless you're laying back on a hammock with your computer, the laptop lifestyle and millions of dollars are coming into your bank account, you're not truly successful and you're not doing it right unless that happens, it's the biggest load of BS that I've ever seen. In fact, it's perpetuated and, and, uh, and, and pushed by people that have never built business. Some of the uh, the best mentors that I've studied in the world work harder now than they've ever worked before. And I'm talking 50s and 60s and even 70s. It's not the same type of work, okay? They're not in there doing the technical stuff, they're doing the things that they love. So in that mindset, become relentlessly obsessed, okay? With what you want to go after. Um, And if you keep a a wavering, uh, unwavering uh, visual image of that, Feel grateful for what you want to achieve, and and one of the interesting things that I learned um, during some tough times I was going through was to meditate. Um, extremely powerful. A lot of research done uh, in the mind about how powerful that is. So one of my power promises in the morning is I meditate. I spend some time actually um, in gratitude for the things that I've already received now. Okay, so one of the most powerful things that I can suggest for budding entrepreneurs wanting to come up, figure out what it is that you want. Become relentlessly obsessed about it, okay? Every waking moment, that's what's going to get you through when things are tough, okay? In my mind, I knew what I wanted. I wasn't going to stop. I was never going to give up, okay? Surround yourself with a good quality team. That's important. It's not about being the lone wolf, okay? Enroll other people, whether it be your family. Make your intentions clear. So put them out there. Write them down every single morning. Spend time meditating and actually involve, um, your environment's probably one of the most powerful things when it comes to your mindset. Um, Who you surround yourself with is who uh, you become. And all the studies are there, your your net worth becomes the average of your five closest people. So um, part of the mindset is that you have to say no to certain things if they're not conducive. Gandhi said, uh, I don't let anyone wipe their dirty feet in my mind. I think that saying is just fantastic and so part of uh, developing a strong mindset is your environment. Surround yourself with people that are happy, that are positive. You know, it's something that you do, Quentin, is you go and seek out the best in, in the world. You go and seek out uh, people that have achieved what you want to do. You, you know, and it's about surrounding yourself, proximity is power, okay, so in that mindset, make these promises yourself. Get very clear about want, uh, what you want, write your goals down, become relentlessly obsessed Meditate and be grateful. Gratitude is one of the things that, uh, although I understood gratitude and I was grateful, when you're running at 100 mile an hour and you're too focused on your goal and you forget the gratitude part, that's an important, powerful part. So bring that into your mindset. Here's the thing. Your mind doesn't know the difference between uh, reality and imagination. The more you imagine into your mind that you've already succeeded, that you're already where you want to go, and open your heart up. Feel grateful, you know, and, and if you want to practice doing that, it's about practice. Remember when your kids were born and we talked about this, uh, you know, when my, my kids were born, my heart opened up, I, I just about dropped to my knees with tears rolling down my face. Uh, we've all experienced that. And I want you to think about mapping that gratitude over in your heart. So you have the strong picture in your mind about what you want, open your heart to what you want. Become relentlessly obsessed. Never sell yourself out, ever. Don't let anyone ruin your dreams. Don't let the naysayers come in and actually take that away from you. Don't let the people tell you the best you can become as a mechanic, okay? If you want it bad enough, and you want to go after it, do not stop. Surround yourself with the best people. The environment's so important to mindset, okay? You want people that are going to encourage you. You want people that are going to support you. Wow,
1: that is powerful. Okay, Glenn, we're just gonna go into a game. Um, now this game is called the, the Mindset of a Millionaire. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna throw you some words and you can throw me back a word of the word that, that, how that word responds to you or what that word means to you. So just a couple of words. So the first word, the only rule of the game is you can't repeat the word that you said to okay. me. First word,
0: passion. Essential. Gratitude. A must. Success. Don't ever give up. Challenges. Necessary. Business. Everything.
1: Entrepreneurship.
0: The saviour of the world.
1: And uh, happiness.
0: Bliss and what life's all about.
1: And the last word, ready? Fulfillment.
0: Peace. Glenn, (laughs) thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome, mate. Thank you.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit like and smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. And follow our Facebook page, Swag Headquarters, and be part of our community of go-getters. But as always, be blessed with success and see you on the next episode.